0: <laughs> it's
1: like I don't like I can sing
2: higher now.
3: Good morning everyone, we want to welcome you here today, glad you're with us, and uh, simply want to ask you this morning as we begin, and as we are together uh, seeking uh, God's presence, His ability to speak to us, I'd like to ask right now if you with me would just ask the Holy Spirit, just invite the Holy Spirit to come in and, uh, and to speak to each one of us individually this morning. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for the power of your spirit that is continually speaking, that is continuing to, uh, to move and challenge, and we pray, God, for your strength. We pray for each day, but we ask right now, as we surrender to you, that you will speak to us in a strong and mighty way this morning, through the music, through the message, and through all that is done. Holy Spirit, we yield to you, in Jesus'
1: name,
4: amen.
5: Ready to worship? Good morning. Let's all stand up and we will begin.
6: Would you guys turn and greet each other this
5: morning and say good morning? I hope you all had a good week. Just had to run back and change my ears out because they broke. So thank you guys for loving on one another while technical difficulties come into play. Don't you guys wish you could change
0: your ears out?
5: <laughs> Don't you wish you could change your ears? Oh, I tell you. You know, it's so awesome to watch God move because even when things get crazy up here, you know, and we can't hear or something, God, His Spirit takes over, and He does what He wants to do, so we're always open to what it is that He wants to do, right? Yeah, so we don't know what to expect of Him. Today's Pentecost Sunday. Can you imagine how they felt? (laughs) So let's wait expectantly this morning, because we just don't know what God has in store for us, and I love that about Him. He is not a God that does the same thing over and over and over, but his character never changes. Amen? He's always the same. But circumstances sure can, which is awesome. We're going to introduce a new song to you guys this morning. It's Pentecost Sunday, and it's just one of those songs that you'll learn as you pick up. It's very repetitive, so it'll be easy for you to pick it up, but it is a song about inviting him in. Have him do it again. We never know when he's going to descend on us that way and do it again. So we're just excited to see what it is that God wants to do with us this morning and through us. So we're going to teach you this new song and uh, welcome him in. jesus thank you so much for being here this morning lord we know that your spirit has been waiting for each person who has a beating heart in this room lord and lord i pray that you will be pleased by our offering from our hearts all the way from our toes all the way out of our mouths jesus when we sing to you lord this is just a way we can love on you and the way that you love on us back father is just calming our spirits and starting to speak into us with your word and we are excited to hear what it is that you have to do and say in us today so lord we know that you're the person that we hope in that you give us hope father and i just pray that this morning we can just kind of release all this stress we can release the week and all the stuff that's happened and that you can just be glorified and take over. You're welcome in this place, Lord. Your spirit is welcome here, and we want you to come in and take over this place and take over our hearts and just let us sit in you this morning, Jesus. In your name we pray.
2: I'll never be, never be the same.
0: There's no condemnation for those who are in and follow and trust in Jesus. There's no condemnation. There's freedom. There's grace. Forgiveness. Your yesterday, it is gone. Last week, it's gone. I don't think we can really comprehend that as human beings, that it's gone. Last year, forgiven. 25 years ago, when you were totally not following him, it's gone. The affairs, the porn, the cheating on your taxes, it's gone. Well, the IRS might be still coming. I I shouldn't say that. You get my drift? Today we stand free in front of Him. It's good news. Those who enter into Christ's being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying cloud, a black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of the life of Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared your air. He's cleared the air. freeing you from the faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death and separation. God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problems as something remote and unimportant. In his son Jesus he personally took on our human condition and entered the disorder mess. Of our struggling humanity in order to set it right, in order to set you right, in order to set us right once and for all. Amen. It's good news. You're free today, your yesterday's gone. It's good news.
2: Old things have passed. Constant.
0: a choice.
5: so much for meeting us here today father father i just pray that as pastor matt comes up and gives us our word here shortly that you will just anoint him lord that your spirit will flow through him and father we thank you for loving us and for gathering your people again lord i pray that you will be honored and glorified and pleased with your kids this morning We love you so much, Jesus, and we ask you all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Cliff.
1: Good morning. I wasn't sure any of you were going to stay when she started that song, Fire, Fire. I saw four of our first responders stand up and look around. So thanks for sticking around. Welcome to any of our visitors that might be here this morning. We encourage you to come and meet the pastor right after service. And we've noticed, and staff has noticed, that one of the things that's been happening is we have so many people that aren't first-time visitors coming up and wanting to talk to the pastor. We ask that you be sensitive, that when we have some new people here, to let them get to the pastor. We've seen some people standing in line and they had to leave for one reason or another. We have some really good, I'll keep it up here, we have some really good news. We had that banquet, you heard about that last week, and phase one of the working on the church has started. Now, that phase one is permits and architectural if I say that right design and things like that that takes a while but we'll keep informed another thing that has happened recently is that we're trying to improve cooperation communication and from now on every time the service is over I'll be in the back to answer questions if I can instead of 50 people wanting to ask the pastor the same question so hopefully Uh, I'll be in the back every time. Camp. It's the last week today, I should say, to register for the high school camp. So if you're interested in that. And such a long list here, I want to make sure I'm covering everything. Okay, that's it. Now I'd like to call Jack. Jack, would you come up for the offering? Can I get the ushers to come forward, please?
4: And let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today with all the struggles of this life and the things that have happened through this week that just distract us. We want to lay it down at the at the foot of your cross today. Set a fire in our hearts for you. Set a fire in the whole church for you. Let's build this kingdom back. And today, I want to take this time to offer our tithes and offerings to you. Please do with them wonders that we couldn't imagine and build your kingdom. Amen.
7: Oh my goodness, I am so excited for Kids Camp, Colorado District Nazarene Kids Camp at Golden Bell. I met so many amazing friends last year and I'm excited to make some new ones this year.
4: Man, I cannot wait for Youth Camp this summer. June 4th, June 7th, at Golden Bell.
7: I might be a little scared doing the zipline, but I am I am going to do it this year. I'm going to do it. The pool and then archery. Archery is going to be super, super fun.
4: Man, they're going to have main event competitions this year at camp. They're having a couple escape rooms. The worship services are always awesome.
7: It's going to be so fun learning more about Jesus. And I think we can even go horseback riding if we want to. There's
4: minute is your We're going to have Oscar Diaz as our camp speaker this year. It's going to be great. I cannot wait. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm so oh, sorry. I'm no so sorry. No worries. No worries. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay.
7: Well,
4: where are you going? Oh, I'm going to youth camp and I cannot wait. Awesome.
7: Do you I don't help?
4: know where I'm going though. Well,
7: I think I saw it. It's that way. Oh,
4: okay. Great. Awesome. Where are you going?
7: I'm actually
4: going to Kids Camp. I'm so excited. Oh oh my gosh. I just saw the entrance. Just saw the entrance that way. Right that way. Keep walking that way.
7: Cool. Have Have fun. See ya. Bye. For all of you who have kiddos, kindergarten through fifth grade, we have two exciting camps coming up at Golden Bell for the Colorado District Nazarene Camps. The first one for kindergarten through first grade would be on Wednesday, June 30th through Friday, July 2nd. The deadline for registration is June 7th, and it's $185. For second grade through fifth graders, that camp is Monday, June 28th through Friday, July 2nd. Also deadline on June 7th, and this one is for $323. If any of your kids are interested in signing up for this camp, please go to goldenbellccc.org to get your kids registered for camp.
4: NYI summer camp will be Friday, June fourth through Monday, June seventh. Please sign up with me, Scott Green, if you're interested in going. Cost will be two thirty. If you get it to me by May 6th. let me know as soon as you can if you are interested in going to NYI summer camp.
3: Well, good morning. Also, I don't know if our kids uh, we have our their. Their offering is they get ready to go to Children's Church, you will be dismissed then. That's great. Thank you. It's great to see you guys. Well, this morning, uh, as we begin, I would like for us to uh, start with a word of prayer as the kids are worshiping through their tithes and offerings as well. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for uh, just the opportunities that exist because you are giving them to us this morning, to hear from your word, to hear from you, Lord. And we ask, God, that your Holy Spirit will take control. We pray, Lord, that you will speak to us, myself, every person here individually, God, right where you know we need to hear your voice. In that situation, in that time, in that place, God, that we need to hear from you clearly. Today, we just yield to you and we ask, God, that you will just give us uh, a a special portion this morning of of the knowledge of all that you are in us and through us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, at the height of the Cold War, taking us back a few years, uh, Billy Graham, uh, who I'm sure all of you are familiar with, he found himself in an interesting situation. He had been invited to go to Russia to meet with some political and religious leaders there and to promote peace. It was 1982 and uh, things uh, were very tense. There was a lot of uh, saber rattling and a lot of talk about the possibility of nuclear war. There were true reasons to be concerned and uh, Billy Graham felt like this is a great opportunity to go and to share the gospel. As he went over there and as he was beginning to, uh, to start his process of just being able to just build relationships, he said that he had asked for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon him as he was moving uh, from this land to that land. Uh, There were so many barriers and there were so many ideologies that were so different, but he said the main thing that he was hoping to get across to people and to their hearts there was that the only way to peace was through Jesus. But he found out as he was in the midst of this uh, effort that he was being greatly criticized. I mean, just criticized over and over by his, his own back in, in America. One Boston paper wrote these words. It said, in response to the Soviet leadership, is the logical outgrowth of positions that he has always held. But there were some who were saying, well, we think he's being an opportunist here. He's just trying to raise himself, put the spotlight on himself. And he said, nothing more could be further from the truth. The paper went on to say, theologically, Billy Graham is not a radical, but what then is his central message? And these were Reverend Graham's words. First of all, he said, man, that means us all, has a flaw in his nature, which the Bible calls the mystery of iniquity. He says, adding to that, the only remedy... To that flaw is the cross of Jesus Christ. We need, Graham said, to repent of our sins and receive him by faith. Now, the paper, the journalist said, his isn't really particularly a scholarly faith. (laughs) And to that, Billy Graham said, well, the message I'm trying to get over is very old. It's very simple. There's nothing new about it. And many times he says that he is quoted in the press as not saying anything new. And he said, you know what? The press is right. I haven't said anything new in all of these decades of preaching. He said, there's nothing new to add to the gospel. (laughs) And then he went on to say, I'm not a great intellectual. So the journalist asked him, then how do you move beyond this repentance that you speak of? And Mr. Graham said, through study. He said, I I think the first thing that a new believer needs to do is study the Bible. And then he went on to explain to the paper how his devotional life works. He says he has a plan that is one that he just decided between him and the Lord. He felt the Lord's leading on this. And he said his plan of study includes a reading of five psalms, one chapter of Proverbs every day. And then he said he completes these books of the Bible every month. He is quoted there and he says, Psalms teaches me how to get along with God. Proverbs teaches me how to get along with my fellow man. In the midst of this, in the midst of being criticized for not taking more of a prophetic role and condemning communism and, and, and condemning the USSR, Graham shared that he never wanted to live under communism. He's not a communist. He says he was hoping to build a relationship that would lead to peace. Some say that visit paved the way for the fall of communism several years later. Nevertheless, at the time, Dr. Graham was accused of setting the church back 50 years. And he was asked in another, a separate interview that was televised about this. You, Reverend Billy Graham, have set the church back 50 years, it is said, by this particular person. And Graham looked right there at them, and right into the camera, and he said, I am deeply ashamed. I have been trying so hard to set the church back 2,000 years. Mm -hmm. I would like to say today that I would love to set this church back 2,000 years. There is something that I sense that at times we are missing. We have at times tried to set up so many different types of plans and so many different types of places and so many different types of systems and so many different types of programs to somehow usher in the Holy Spirit. But I want to remind you today that you are not in control of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in control of every situation, everything that happens. John 3.8 says this, it says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. And this is Jesus speaking to us. The wind blows wherever it pleases. The other day I was south of Florissant and I was high on a hill and and the wind was just whipping through the trees. And at one point I thought for sure there were trees going to come down on me. And it just had this crazy sound that I hadn't heard before. And it was amazing. I'm looking around. Nothing fell or anything like that. But the wind was doing whatever it wanted while I was walking in its midst. Jesus said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And I take us back to Acts chapter 2 where we were last week. And in Acts chapter 2 we read these words and these words are coming to us from Luke. And, and, and today uh, we're going to kind of start off where we ended last week. But as the wind of the Spirit came upon the people early in that chapter... Things began to happen and things began to take place that no one could explain. The best that they could come up with was, these people must be drunk. That's the best that they could... And and Peter stood up in their midst, no, they're not drunk, they're they're far from it. It's nine in the morning, there's no way... I mean, he's kind of being sarcastic, but there's no way... No, people don't get drunk at nine in the morning. But where does he immediately go after he speaks... There's words. In verse 16, he says, no, you guys are missing the point. You're trying to figure this out in human terms. You're trying to make human explanations for what God can only do. And so in verse 16, he says, this is what is spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, there's something that you need to be aware of. I'm sure most of you probably already are. But when this was being spoken, when this sermon was getting ready to be spoken through the Spirit, the scripture that they had available to them was not the Gospels. It was not the New Testament. That was being in the process, honestly, of being written at this time. But they went back to the Old Testament. You see, the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. The God of the Old Testament was pointing all things towards Jesus Christ. And Peter grasped that through the power of the Spirit right off the bat. And he began his sermon by just quoting these words from the Old Testament, Prophet Joel. And it says in verse 17, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all That's good news for you and me. God is pouring out His Spirit right now. But I have to ask you, what type of vessel are you? There have been times when I have been the type of vessel where I've just put a lid on my top, and the Spirit might be pouring out, but it's splattering everywhere else but inside of me. And each one of us, individually, has to make that determination. And by the way, I want you to know that no one else is your Holy Spirit. And you can't be anyone else's Holy Spirit. Oh, amen. (laughs) That comes from the power of God and from Him alone. So we each one need to ask God, is there a lid on my life? And if there is, Lord, what is that lid on my life? Because you, it says right here, even it said in the Old Testament that in these days that the Spirit is being poured out, and there is no end to the Spirit of God. So with that being said, and we know that God's Spirit is being poured out on all people, what we realize here is there's no drunkenness going on. What Peter is revealing through the Old Testament passage is this, is that they were not drunk. These people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to do things that don't make sense to the rest of the world. You're going to forgive when the rest of the world would say hate. You were going to be a peacemaker when the rest of the world would say shake their they're chain. When you when you're when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't make sense to the culture around you. And this crowd could not make sense of what was going on. Peter still stood there, and he continued to speak these words. He says, "Your sons and daughters." will prophesy. These are radical words. But he was speaking from the Old Testament about this day. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on your servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And you see, what is being revealed revealed here is that uh, the Spirit is for everyone. It does not discriminate about generationally. It doesn't discriminate on race. It doesn't discriminate on gender. As a matter of fact, our world would do very well to look to the Scriptures to see what it means to not be racist. Because if there was a man who lived that was not racist, it was Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. He died for everyone and everyone equally. He goes on to say in verse 19, I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke, and, and the sun will be turned to darkness, and, and the moon to blood, and before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's something that I was reading about when it comes to this passage, and it's talking about the, the, the sun and the, the moon and billows of smoke. And oftentimes we, well, maybe it's just me, but sometimes I can become so preoccupied with seeing those type of you know, specific signs that I forget what the signs are supposed to be pointing towards. And the signs are supposed to be pointing towards this, the glory of God. God's glory is something that moves mountains, It can turn off the sun. It can turn the moon red. God's glory is bigger than anything we can imagine. And we are called to participate in this glory experience with Him. But the point of all of that is this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You might want to just underline that word, everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So beautiful words. And so after he speaks the scripture, Peter tells the fellow Israelites, listen to this, Jesus of Nazareth, the man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. In verse 23, it goes on to say, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him and here's the good news for you and i it's the same power the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead is the same spirit that is continuing to raise men and women and children and everyone else in between from the dead today that's the power that is given by the holy Spirit. it's it's beyond us it's something bigger than you and me And yet we can find ourselves in the stream of its wind. Peter goes on to share words from David and and continue to appeal. But I'm going to push forward to verse 32 where he says, God has raised this Jesus to life and we were all witnesses of it. He was speaking to people who... I mean, they were right there. They, they had walked with Jesus. They had seen him. They had seen him be crucified. They understood what was going on. And then they were also made aware of his resurrection. He had revealed himself, showed, shown the holes in his hands and his feet, the place where he wore a scar on his side. People knew what Peter was talking about. He says, we are all witnesses of it. Verse 33, exalted to the right hand of the Father. Excuse me, right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. And I, I just find this so incredible because... They had been waiting in an upper room. They had been sitting there. They were praying. They were studying. They were, they, were, they were anticipating what God was going to do and what Jesus was planning. And he had told them, you wait there for the gift that I have promised you. And as soon as it came upon them, they had no question what this was about. This was the power of the Holy Spirit that was coming on them. And here's the great news is he's saying, you know what? As he's preaching, what you're seeing happening right now, what you're seeing happening in your midst, he was, he was not glorifying himself, he was glorifying the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit is giving me the ability to do this right now with you. No question in his mind. It, it was amazing. 36, therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? I think that's an excellent question for us today. What shall we do? What do we do with this Holy Spirit power that has been bestowed upon us? What do we do with this power that God said He is continuing even today to pour out on His people? those who accept him well peter replied in verse 38 repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit if you receive jesus as your personal savior If you've asked Jesus into your heart, what Peter is saying to you right now is that Holy Spirit is being poured out upon you. It is available to you. The Holy Spirit is in you. But here's what the next question is. is What are you doing with the Holy Spirit? Or maybe a better question is this. What are you letting the Holy Spirit do through you? (laughs) Sometimes, you know, we... We have gone through this time period where we heard Jesus at the door. And he was knocking and knocking and knocking. And we finally let Jesus in. And it's a wonderful and a beautiful experience. But sometimes, I don't know about you, but maybe there have been times in your life. I know there's been times in my life where I say, okay, Jesus, come on in. And the first room I show him is the closet. Enjoy. If the Holy Spirit is going to have complete and utter power in your life, you got to let him out of the closets. He needs to have access to every area of who you are, even the uncomfortable areas of your life. Because in the end, when you see God face to face, when you are desiring to hear those words, well done good and faithful servants he is going to be looking at you in your eyes and he's going to be asking did you let me into everyone you already know the answer why did you keep that lid on when i was pouring out the spirits why didn't you let me fill you up oh, i had to look kind of people would have said i'm drunk i mean in colorado they'd said i'm high I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things that they could say about me. You know what? I don't care what people say about me. I don't care what you think about me. I care about what God thinks about me. I care about the fact that I am following in His footsteps. I care about the fact that whether or not when I see Him face to face, that I will hear the words, well done. I don't need to listen to the other voices, and you don't need to listen to the other voices. You need to listen to the voice of God. Because he's the one who you are going to be accountable to. No one else. Not to me. Don't listen to me. Even in this sermon, don't listen to me. Listen to God. That's what Peter was was evoking and bringing on this time. He he was helping people understand uh, the Spirit. I mean, you're not experiencing Peter right now. You're experiencing the Spirit through me. But Peter had to be completely open as a vessel to be used in that moment. Otherwise, he might think, oh, well, somebody might criticize me. Somebody might hurt my feelings, and I only have one left. Who cares? Follow Christ. Follow him alone. As we were traveling a couple weeks ago, I know you guys have seen this all along the interstate but now we pass by these wind farms and they're just they're everywhere, it seems like, particularly in eastern Colorado and Kansas and Nebraska when we travel through there. But, I mean, they're, they're all over the place, and, and I'm always just amazed at how huge these things are. As we were coming back a couple weeks ago from uh, the funeral and graduation, there was a storm it, right after we got past Lyman, and, and the clouds were so low, I couldn't see the propellers. I don't know if that's exactly what they're called, but anyway, whatever the wings of those... Uh, uh, those wind turbines are called I couldn't even see them but I knew they were there but you come up on those things and and they're huge they're generally average height of about 262 feet tall and and each tower has a diameter those towers that are holding up the turbine at the top they are 14 feet in diameter and the the blades of those wind turbines are 120 feet long. So when it's making its rotation and that tip of that blade is at the highest point, it's 320 feet tall, the equivalent of a 32-story building. And they're all over, these wind farms. I wondered, one of those turbines, I wonder, how much power does one of those put out? And it says that, as I looked it up, one of them is capable of producing 1.5 megawatts for a total of enough power to power approximately 2,500 homes. And I thought about that and I thought, you know, we put up this amazing structure and, and, and the mechanics of it and, and, and the motor in there that's capable of producing amazing power, but it's completely dependent on the winds. <laughs> and, and it's a, i mean if you put that in a place where there was no wind it, it would be this huge uh stationary fan that just you know it looked kind of cool maybe modern art or something like that but but it, it has to have wind and here's the thing too is those there's heads of the turbine it, it's on a pivot because it has to yield to wherever the wind is blowing and so sometimes they'll be pointed towards the north when the wind is blowing out of the north. If it's blowing out of the south, it will turn and it will come from the south. And I think, as I think of those wind turbines and those wind farms, how do we catch the wind of the Holy Spirit? You and me. And remember, last week I, I closed, and I closed on purpose with this because I wanted to make a point this week. And the, the point, though, that I started with is you are a child of God. You are a son and a, or a daughter of God. And so, as the child of God, how do you catch the wind? Well, you have been equipped, it says, through the Spirit. The Spirit is the one that is equipping you. But how do you. And God has created you, but how do you catch the wind of the spirits? You can't package it in a box. Have you seen in Walmart that you can buy oxygen in a bottle? It's got this kind of a funny thing you put over your your mouth. I'm you know I, I've never used one. If it was going, to, I hope it blows in and doesn't suck out. But anyway, it 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 is uh, it's this bottle of. Air and, and, and inside of that bottle, that air that's in there, it's completely powerless. It's just air in a bottle. It's powerless to drive a sailboat across the water. It's powerless. That air in the bottle is powerless to turn a wind turbine. It's ta- powerless to lift a soaring hawk to greater heights. You can't catch the wind. Oh, You can bottle air, but you can't catch the wind. Have you been guilty sometimes of just being some, someone who might be full of air and not in the flow of the wind? <laughs> oh. I'm afraid that sometimes we've tried to catch the wind we try tried to catch the wind in our own little theological systems. We have theological definitions and outlines. And we say, here is where the Holy Spirit fits into our systematic theology. And, and, and there are those Christians who are, have some type of special experience. And they might say, well, this is the Holy Spirit. And unless you've experienced the Holy Spirit in the same exact way that I've experienced the Holy Spirit, then you don't really have the Holy Spirit. It's not, you're not truly filled. They have that box the Spirit, into their experience. Too often we treat the Holy Spirit as if he was an idea to be debated and not a person, not a a being to be received. And essentially we've closed him in so that he becomes air that sustains life, but that's all. But if you can't catch the wind, could it be possible that the wind might catch you? If you have your sails unfurled, if you have your spiritual sails open, if the blades of your windmill are unlocked, is it possible that the wind might catch you? In Goodland, Kansas, we bought a trampoline for Hannah and uh, for Faith and for Kennedy wasn't around, but. It would be long gone before she got there. Sorry, you never got to enjoy a trampoline, Dick Kennedy. Um, <laughs> no, but we uh, we were out there, and we had this major storm that was brewing as I came home from from church, and and I look out, and Jackie and I were looking, and and our trampoline was lifting off of the ground, and we're like, "What in the world are we going to do?" How? you know? And I never thought about you know wind in Kansas. I you know who'd have thought? And uh, so. I I didn't have it tied down. It wasn't staked. And I'm I'm scared to death that this thing is going to lift up and it's going to blow over our fence and hit our neighbor's house. And I can just see all kinds of destruction and carnage. And so it was kind of hooked, just basically just one of the legs hooked on the fence there uh, that was the perimeter of our yard. And so I grabbed onto it ha Like I'm going to take this thing down, and I am literally I'm, I'm out there, and I'm holding this, and it is in the air, and I'm up against the fence. And I, what am I going to do with this thing? I thought for sure, I was going to go straight to the, the Wizard of Oz, but I didn't. And somehow we got this thing down, and, and springs on it had, were this long, and it was crazy. But I didn't realize how powerful the wind was until I had something in my grasp where it caught me and took me where it wanted to go. (laughs) If you can't catch the wind, is it possible that the wind might catch you? Jesus said the Holy Spirit is like, the wind that blows where it wills and you see its effects. You see its force, but the Holy Spirit cannot be wrapped in a package. The Holy Spirit cannot be contained. You can be filled with the Spirit, but you can't stop the spirit. You can't tie him down. You can't be released by him. You can take the ropes off the sails of your life and begin to catch this driving force of his presence. You can spread the wings of your spirit and catch the currents of his power. You can just put your arms out and say, God, I'm yielded to you 100% and you will be amazed at the places that the spirit will take you. But you can't catch the wind but you can be caught by it. You can't take the Spirit and make Him fit your mold, but you can allow Him to take over your life and let Him remold and reshape you. And so today, this Pentecost Sunday, I want to challenge you, allow the Spirit, the wind of Pentecost to catch you. But here's how it starts and here's where it begins is by you saying and me saying, God, whatever you want of me, whatever you want to do, I'm opening my sails. I'm letting you blow in the way that you want to. I'm not going to try to define you, but God, I want you to define me. Because if we do that then we understand why Pentecost happens sometimes we just accept that Pentecost is Pentecost but why did Pentecost happen it happened because it yielded life even just a few even just one who preached a sermon in this chapter that quite honestly if there's critics out there they would probably critique Peter's first sermon and say eh, eh I don't know about that. This is so-so. Who cares what they think? The power of the Holy Spirit was blowing through at that moment. And people who had allowed their spirit to un- be unfurled, who allowed the, to themselves to be caught by the wind of the Holy Spirit, they sensed something different. The ones that were just like, eh, I'm good enough just the way I am, the wind blew right past. <laughs> Pentecost happens so that you can live with power to do the works that Jesus Christ has called you to do. And sometimes when we have tried at times to do things in our own strength, I'm going to tell you you're going to fail every time. But when you try to do the things in that God has called you to do and you try to live a Christ-like life in the ways that the Spirit leads you, you can understand this, that you will truly sense and live in the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Pentecost happens so you can live with the power to do the works that Christ Jesus called you to do a man who was and is my friend this day he's he's nearing 90 I guess now um, a good man who I had the privilege to pastor and the privilege to be an accountability partner with uh, he, uh, he came after uh, we'd get together once a week for coffee and came together and and he sat down across the table from me and he was so humble and I mean just a man of great wisdom and strength I mean you never heard a cross word from him just just humility and and Christ likeness personified and he sat down across the table from me and he just began to cry and weep this morning that we were together and I I was like, "What in the world's going on?" I thought maybe his, you know, his wife might be sick or ill, or maybe he got a bad diagnosis. I didn't know what was going on, and he he looked at me and he had a hard time even looking at me in the eyes. And yeah, you know, I'm just this young, yeah, don't know much of anything, pastor. He said, "Pastor, yesterday that sermon that you spoke about." he said, it just cut my heart, cut straight to the heart. And he said, I've been going to the church all my life. And at that time, he was in his 70s. He said, I've been going to the church all my life. And he said, and I've never heard these words before that you stated. He said, and maybe it was preached. He said, but I just didn't hear them before. And he said, here's what I was hearing was that the Holy Spirit is is filling me and empowering me and then filling me with his power so that I can be Jesus and speak the gospel to other people. And I thought, yeah, I thought, man, I, I mean, that, that to me was, well, yeah, that's exactly right. But he said, but pastor, I never thought of that. He said, I always thought it was your job to do that. If I knew someone needed Jesus, I'm just going to take them to you, right? (laughs) No. You see, maybe not everybody believes this, but I believe in this thing called the priesthood of all believers. And I believe that the Holy Spirit can work through you just as well as he can work through me. And when God presents you with an opportunity to share Jesus Christ with someone, do it. You don't answer to me. You answer to God. Do it. You don't wait on me. You get out there and do what God is calling you to do. He's... so here's this this man in front of me he said he said pastor matt i every morning i meet with a group of guys for coffee at mcdonald's and he said i meet with them, and we've done this for years and he said and i've never once felt like i'm supposed to tell them about jesus that's not my responsibility but after hearing that sermon yesterday i felt like god's telling me i'm responsible for them i'm responsible for their eternal possibly their eternal outcome i'm responsible for sharing the gospel with them and i said yes that's right and he just began to he said i've wasted so much time and so, incrementally, and, and, and he's very much an introvert, and, uh, but incrementally, he found ways to interject Jesus into his conversations with those men. I would go, as I was able, once in a while, I mean, a couple times, two or three times, maybe a month, uh, to go sit, and I began to see a difference in this, what they called the old guy's coffee club. And, uh, they all had song, or hats with, you know, the, the old guys. And, and they, they were there to get, and I began to see the attitude change. And next thing I knew, I had some guys from his group calling me up saying hey I have a question pastor about such and such in the Bible or I have a question because I was hurt in this church long you know 40-50 years ago and I haven't been back and I I'm not following the Lord I don't he's not my savior but I have some questions for you Uh, you see the wind of the spirit can even blow through McDonald's (laughs) because where you are and when you're yielded the spirits can flow through you. Milt went on to share with me uh, stories that how God had moved through him to forgive in ways that he never thought he would be able to forgive. He'd had things happen to him that I tell you I don't know if I could have made it through it. He had every reason to be angry with God. He had every reason to shake his fist and say, I don't believe. But in every step, he said he found himself instead beginning to yield to the Spirit. And he said, God's doing amazing things. And here's a man in his mid-70s awakening to the power of the wind of the Holy Spirit. And it was an amazing time in his life. I'm so thankful to be able to walk those days with him. It reminds me of a a song that we'll close with. And uh, my sermon is pretty simple. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Give way to the Spirit's power. Let him have every part of you get to the place in your life where you don't care about what anyone else's opinions are, what the world is doing, and what our culture may be giving into. You follow Jesus and live in his power. There's a song that you guys are, I'm sure, familiar with, and I think it inhabits all that Peter was trying to say. I do it a little bit differently. And and the reason why is because it's the same same melody, the the chorus is the same, but I just really wanted to slow down the verses because I think sometimes we might miss the message and when we sing it too fast, maybe it's just because I'm too slow. That's okay. sings my soul my Savior God to how great thou
4: art how
3: great thou art
4: then sings
3: my soul my Savior God How great Thou
6: art, how great
3: Thou art. let's stand together not for me let's stand for the Lord because he's coming again amen and when Christ shall come wish out of affirmation and take me home What joy shall fill my heart? Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God.
2: how great
3: Thou wast, How great Thou art This God of greatness has chosen you to be a son and a daughter. He's chosen us to be the ones through whom His wind blows. It makes His message known through word and deed. And there's going to be a day when you and I are going to sing around the throne of our Lord Jesus. And I don't know what it's going to sound like, but I think it'll sound something like what we're singing today. Then sings our soul Our Savior God to Thee. How great thou How great Thou art, sings our souls and sings, our souls are Savior God to Thee,
6: how great
3: deserve all of our glory and all of our praise and this this is just us practicing for eternity as we sing together but God today we ask That you will just help us, Lord, to be fully, completely surrendered to you and allow the power of your Holy Spirit, the wind of your Spirit, to blow through our sails, move us in the directions that you've called us to be. Help us to be the witness and to be the people that you have asked us to be wherever you are speaking to us in our life individually. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And we thank you, God, that the winds of your spirit are growing here at Woodland Life Church. We pray, God, for continued, continued power, continued strength. And I pray, God, that for that continued conviction on each of our souls to completely be yielded to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And together, God's people say, amen. Amen. Well, this morning, let's give God a hand. It's so good. As we close today, I just want to, uh, before I dismiss you, just to let you know if you're new here today, I see some new faces. I, I would love to meet you up here. There will be some others. That if you have some questions that will be up here with me, that would will be willing to pray with you or answer any questions as well. But may God bless you. Thank you for being here. You're dismissed in God's great grace, his great love, and his power and strength today. You are dismissed.